There we go. Craig is here. Uh, DB, will you, you be presenting all of these, 332 through 335, or is someone else presenting 335? I think I'm officially listed to present, but I do need about five more minutes before I will personally be ready, so Noah could probably get started in my set. Yeah, that works for me. Um, we've also got... Uh, I don't know if we added 325 to the schedule. It's a, it's a small one. I tried to sneak in this afternoon, but, um, if we want to put that off till next week, that's fine. Uh, I mean, that, that's probably fine. Is there any objection to adding 325? No, let's great. All right, cool. Yeah, should I, should I get, do we have, um, should I get into it? Do we have quorum here? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. So I'll start on 325. Um, okay. Yeah. So this is adding a small function um, that's actually already sitting in the code base commented out. Um, so uh, this is adding a, a multi-call proxy function is what we're calling it. Um, so basically, um, this gets a little bit technical, but um, so with, with the with the V3 core system, the way we've set set things up, a, a sort of design philosophy is that each function should really just do one, have like one singular function. It should just do one thing as much as possible. Um, and then when um, users uh, uh, go to do things in the UI, uh, the user action might consist of a, a group of these things. And so uh, we make it where you can, um, w the expectation is that the UI will compose all of these actions into a multi-call. Um, an issue with the standard multi-call function is that the functions, the contracts that are getting called by the multi-call function, uh, see the caller as the multi-call contract and not as the, um, and not, not as the original sender. So a solution for this is that we can develop a, a special multi-call function that works, um, uh, with the, with the synthetics core system and sort of passes through, uh, message, the, the, uh, the original message message sender value, uh, and that's what that's that's what this SIP is. Um, part of the reason why we're adding this now is that uh, SIP three twenty nine um, uh, that we we discussed a couple weeks ago, um, where we can create this revert standard like EIP three six six eight to use multi calls to prevent um, price data, so we're not reliant on on uh, push price feeds being available. Uh, relies heavily on multi-calls. So um, making sure this is available for the protocol is going to make sure that we're, we're in the clear um, while developing that. And um, as we mentioned on the call before, we're, we're trying to broaden the scope of that SIP into that EIP uh, 7412, which I'll uh, share later this week. We, we just got some feedback from uh, Chainlink on that and just in discussion with a couple other people about that. Um, so... Anyway, um, yeah, so that's 325. It's just adding one one function so that we can have more uh, robust multi-call functionality. Uh, yeah, uh, any 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 questions on this one? Just one thing I'd like to add is that we actually, as Noah alluded to, we do already have a multi-call function inside the core system, but it's only capable of calling functions within the core system. It doesn't have any way to, like, send calls to other contracts which are not part of the core system, like, for example, the Purpose V3 system or the uh, uh, or spot markets or whatever else. So that's kind of what that is addressing, is uh, being able to extend the capabilities of the multi-call to cover those, those cases.
Great. Any questions? SIP325. We have nothing in the chat. I guess we can go ahead and move on to 332, mint and burn with account balance. DB, you ready yet, or no, are you going to take this one? Yep, I think I'm about ready to go. A quick moment. Load up the SIP notes really briefly. You say it's 332? Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, So, yeah, this SIP... um, is being introduced uh, in response to the expected uh, restrictions that we'll need to have as a result of uh, the cross-chain pools SIP. I can't remember what number that is, but whatever SIP corresponds to cross-chain pools. There's an additional requirement that comes along with having cross-chain pools where we need to be able to hold uh, in the user's account uh, for a small period of time at the very least uh, any uh, withdrawals of SNX USD that is uh, coming out of their account, basically. So right now, um, or I should say prior to this SIP, uh, the core system, when you, like, call the mint function, it would literally just put the SNX USD straight into your EOA, and then you could, like, you know, use it just like any other token, basically. But the problem with this is uh, before we put the money in their EOA, we need to have some way to... Uh, you know, kind of start their withdrawal, but provide some extra time for um, the other chains to propagate the fact that you've done this withdrawal. Uh, because um, it's technically possible that an attacker could create, like, their own market and their own pool and basically have the market uh, mint SNXUSD at the same time as the user withdrawal withdraws funds uh, or withdraws SNX USD. And that would create a situation where the, uh, SUSD token is, uh, under collateralized. Basically they have, uh, more debt than they could, uh, than their collateral is worth. So, uh, to make sure that that situation can't happen, uh, that's the entire purpose of SIP is just to make sure that there's a very small window of time, just to make sure that the fact that you are doing this withdrawal propagates, uh, through the rest of the pool on other chains. I think that's pretty much it. Um, And the reason why we're doing this as a very general change and not implementing it as a specific change for the cross-chain pools is because uh, we're trying to keep the complexity of the V3 core system as simple as possible. Um, You know, trying to keep the code base kind of uniform and clean and stuff. And also, as mentioned before, we have, like, a very multi-call philosophy with Synthetics V3. So um, if you're operating on a pool which is not cross-chain, which is what all the pools are right now, um, then you can generally just withdraw uh, using a multi-call. So you just say mint SNX USD and then withdraw from the core system. Um, it also introduces the opportunity for us to... Uh, utilize the uh, security features that are included as part of a previous SIP, which I can't remember the number to, but one of the security features was uh, something called a withdrawal timeout. Um, And how the withdrawal timeout works is after you take any action on your account, such as like delegating collateral or receiving a reward or something like that, um, your account uh, is unable to withdraw for a period of, a very configurable a configurable period of like maybe 24 hours or something like that, just to make sure that uh, because of the fact that uh, withdrawing is probably the number one most risky endpoint on the entire app, 
It's the one where we couldn't recover from uh, a potential protocol risk if one were to if an attacker were to find some sort of a bug in the protocol and try to exploit it. Uh, the idea is that the timeout would give us a chance to react before there's irreparable damage uh, done to the protocol. So that's just another benefit of this SIP is it allows us to place uh, that withdrawal timeout on SNX USD withdrawals, which would technically be kind of a hole in all of our defenses, since you could just deposit collateral into a market and then like mint SNX USD on that market. I think that pretty much covers 332. Any questions? Uh, Noah, would you mind muting your mic, please? We're getting a lot of uh, keyboard sounds. Noah? Sorry. <laughs> All right. I uh, don't hear any questions. Want to move on to 333, or did you have a different order in mind? No, oh, that order is fine with me. Um and most of these SIPs are going to be pretty technical in nature. They're kind of like things that we're saying that should be fixed. So pardon if I'm not doing the best job of explaining it, but here we go. Um, so the pool collateral caps, SIP 333. Um, so the idea with this SIP um, is, I mean, as it says, to make it so that as a pool owner, uh, the owner can sort of control how much of any type of collateral that's deposited in the pool. Uh, by default, there's no limit. Uh, if you have like, you know, zero in the storage value, then, uh, the use, then any user can deposit any amount of collateral to the pool. Um, if the pool owner sets the value to one or something really tiny, something that's lower than the minimum delegation value, which is also a configurable value for the collateral type, um, then it becomes impossible to deposit collateral on the pool for that collateral type. And then if you specify a, uh, a limit of any other number that's like greater than the min delegation, then that would just be the, the global limit for your pool. So like, you know, once you reach that limit, let's say you put it at 100 ETH, once your pool reaches 100 ETH, um, you can't deposit more than that. And if you lower the limit at a later time, then, you know, it would prevent anyone from depositing until after that. Uh, lower limit has been reached that they can withdraw. So um, the reason why we're proposing this SIP is it's a really easy way. It, it's required for uh, another SIP, which I can't remember the number of, but, um, oh, I think it's SIP 324, the V3 SNX staking pool. So uh, in general, on 324, we want to be able to have a pool that you can only deposit SNX into, and then SNX is the only thing that can receive rewards um, and can receive those passive benefits, basically. So um, that's this is just uh, a technical change in order to meet the requirements of that SIP, which is uh, nearly done with implementation. So I think that uh, mostly covers 333. Uh, so Caleb asked in GovCall chat if there is a global limit. Uh, I think you might have addressed that on a per pool basis. I don't know if that's what he was referring to. Oh, uh, global for the pool. Yeah, I'm sorry for the confusing terminology. We don't have a global limit for the collateral deposited right now. Anyone can deposit as much collateral as they want, as long as it's approved by the uh, by the Spartan Council. 
but you can't delegate to the pool more than a whatever the limit is. Yeah, so just to, uh, to maybe echo that, um, yeah, so right now, um, collateral types by default, if they're approved by government, are accepted uh, by all pools. I think this is probably the way to go, because some pools might not be actively managed, and if government down the line wants to add a new collateral type, it makes sense that um, non-actively managed pools should start accepting them. Um, it, with with uh, SIP 333, uh, we're allowing, um, and we also have EIP 329, so pool owners will be able to uh, turn off collateral types or set a maximum, um, and for the foreseeable future, uh, pool creation is, isn't permissionless. Uh, if we want to add um, global caps on the amount of collateral protocol wide, uh, that could be a new SIP that someone could write. We could write. Um, and yeah, worth underscoring also that with the architecture of the V3 system, all of the collateral effectively backs all of the stablecoin issuance because regardless of the pool, the stablecoins um, minted from it's uh, it's fungible across pools. Uh, the differentiated pools are. Um, just allowing uh, uh, specific pool owners to back um, specific uh, specific sets of markets. So uh, I, I think DB already covered all of that, but I thought it would be good to just run through it once more. Thank you. Any additional questions on SIP 333? All right. Uh, I guess... DB, we can move on to 334 then. Oh, uh, Caleb asked, can it be circumvented by permissionless markets? It cannot. Okay. All right, 334 then. Yeah. Okay. So for SIP 334, this is a change to the Oracle Manager. The title is Add Optional Bytes Field for Oracle Manager Requests. Um, so... Um, if you're not familiar with the Oracle Manager, it's basically a system for allowing a uh, Oracle request to go through a series of sort of operators that are arranged in like a, a tree structure. Um, and the idea with the Oracle Manager is it makes it significantly easier to make uh, more complicated and nuanced oracles. Um, and we think it'll be a really nice staple for uh, any services in the synthetics ecosystem, uh, not just ourselves, but also like third-party market creators and stuff to make it easier for them to utilize Oracle resources without having to be, like, super geniuses. Um, so anyway, um, within the Oracle Manager, we recently identified that it would be useful to be able to pass certain runtime parameters through the Oracle Manager. Um, and the way we identified this was when we were working on the spot on the perps market, uh, the perps market is going to be utilizing spot market resources as a... Uh, possible uh, margin collateral that you can deposit. So, like, you could deposit as ETH into the into the, uh, into the the perps market, and then that as ETH can be used as your uh, uh, margin instead of, like, SUSD, like normal. So, um, so this was, I mean, the idea is that we just want to be able to, like, deposit these alternative collateral types or let people, like, wrap ETH and then, like, use as ETH as, like, their collateral type. The problem with this is uh, we need to be able to we, – we can't just use a regular price oracle because um, ideally we want to treat the value of their margin as whatever uh, SUSD is actually able to be extracted 
upon liquidation, uh, when the spot market basically trades from uh, the SETH token to the SUSD. And, of course, that's going to depend on the many other factors uh, because we don't have infinite liquidity anymore, obviously. So um, long story short, uh, we need to have uh, access to more data than just, like, you know, how much it's going to be. In order to know how much uh, the sale is going to go for, how much uh, the value of the collateral is actually going to be, uh, we need to be able to um, include, uh, in this case, the volume of the transaction. So whatever the size of their margin is. So, like, if they have 100 ETH, um and there's and, and they deposit a hundred SETH worth of uh, into the uh, perps market as margin. Um, you know the 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 exchange rate you're going to get for a hundred ETH is probably going to be lower than that of the exchange rate that you get for one ETH or whatever. So, um, in order to take this into account, uh, we've suggested adding a bytes field to the Oracle manager. Um, and what the bytes field will do is it'll just get passed on to any Oracle nodes which are interested in reading that data. Um, and then, you know, those Oracle nodes can read if the, the data, if it's relevant to them. Um, so as an example, um, we have something in the Oracle manager called an external node, which is able to basically pull data from uh, arbitrary and uh, contract endpoints and uh, read that data back into the uh like as something that can be fed into the Oracle manager functions, basically. Um, and so in this case, what we were thinking is we would have an external node that reads the, uh, the, the V3 spot market contract for like SEs in this case. Um, and then that contract would receive the request and it would also be able to read the data for like the size of the trade. And then effectively it can just get a quote for the market uh, sale price of that amount of ETH and then return that back um to the Oracle manager, and then that can be processed and returned to the perps market. And so now the perps market knows exactly how much SUSD it's going to get if it has to liquidate uh, the SETH margin that the user has provided. And it doesn't have to rely on other Oracle prices. So uh, I think that mostly covers kind of the use case for that and why we're planning on doing this. Right now, the only node that's going to support receiving custom data is the external node because none of the other nodes have a need for any external data at this time. All right. Any questions, any questions? Doesn't sound like it. Uh, and you are also presenting 335? Uh, well, it says here David's the author, but let me see. Oh, actually, no, I can present this one. Okay. Um, so we found a bug in the contracts. It's nothing serious. Um, basically, uh, we have like a check inside of the ERC20, uh, con- like the, the very baseline ERC20 code that backs like the SUSD contract and the spot markets and any other places where we have ERC20 tokens, uh, where we're basically checking to make sure that the, uh, uh, address and or amount that's specified as a parameter, like so if you're transferring tokens, like you should be transferring more than zero tokens when you do a transfer. Otherwise, uh, it's probably a scam or something like that, and it's usually a bug. So we have a check for that, but we accidentally added the check to the approve function. So if you try and say approve zero, which is like basically what you'd do if you wanted to uh, 
um, revoke uh, the ability to to spend tokens from another contract. That's actually going to revert with an unintended error, uh, which is saying you know zero amount, and uh, you know that's not good. So uh, it's just basically this SIP is saying we're going to fix that bug so that on the approve function, uh, if you say like approve zero to this contract, that's that will let you re- effectively revoke the approval for them. That sounds simple enough. I'm just curious why you went with the custom ERC20 implementation rather than using like I don't know, Open Zeppelin as the standard. Yep, we understand. We haven't really used any other third-party libraries in our code base, uh, and this was kind of like a design decision from sort of like the very beginning, uh, just to make sure that we're not uh, dependent upon decisions from other teams upstream. There's I mean, also there error. were other reasons yeah. too, but I wasn't fully involved in all those decisions. Yeah, I, I think it also has to do with like the the proxy architecture that we're using um, needed to have slight changes to some of the Open Zeppelin core contracts as well, which is why it's living outside of the the code base there. Um, granted, I think Open Zeppelin did review that contract, so I'm not sure why why, why it ended up this way. But um, yeah, it, this is a one line change and should be probably the least exciting SIP ever. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, any more questions on 335 or any of the other SIPs? Didn't really hear any objective, uh, objections. These are all ready for a vote, I assume? Yeah, that's yeah. right. It, they're all kind of techy and seem straight on. All right, well, thank you, Noah and DB, uh, for presenting these SIPs. Thank you, everybody, for being here. I guess that's it for these SIP presentations. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.